listening to the Hearts Unleashed podcast where we are turning dreamers into doers. And today we are talking all about turning your dreams into your reality. And so we are here with Steve Gamlin, the motivational firewood guy. Steve shares a blend of back to basics, positivity and humor with corporate and conference audiences. Steve recently launched his vision board mastery. That is all what we are gonna be jamming out on today, um, visualization. And he launched his vision board mastery audio program to teach his clients how to see their goals, understand their why, and build an action plan to track results and achieve them. So welcome, Steve. Thank you for being here. Thank you for joining us during the Law of Attraction series to share your expertise. Thank you so much. Very happy to be here. Yeah. So uh, tell us a little bit about what, what's this motivational firewood guy situation? I want to make a bunch of firewood jokes. Yeah. Well, hey, fire away. I've heard them all. <laughs> so far. I, I think I have, but there's always a new one thrown on the pile, which I always like. We'll see. Um, I've been a speaker now for about 16 years and about 12, 13 years ago, I was attending a National Speakers Association meeting and it was my first time there here in New England. And a gentleman came over and said, oh, hi, read my name tag, Steve, you're new. So what do you do? I said, I'm a motivational speaker. And he gave me the eye roll and says, well, that narrows you down to about 10,000 of us. Yeah. What sets you apart? I said, I want to change people's lives. He goes, no numbers came off the tote board there. What sets you apart? And after a few more questions, and and this is where the best things in my life have always come from, people that challenge me on stuff. Mm -hmm. I finally said, look, I'm not one of those people who jumps up and down and says, I can change your life, you know, like a TV preacher. I just want people to wake up the next day and think, speak, or act in one more positive way because of our time together. I said, they have a spark of something they want in their lives. They don't quite know how to get it. So if something I share helps them to do that, I said, it's kind of like motivational firewood, I guess. And he said, say that part again. I said, motivational firewood. And he goes, that's what you do. He says, write that down. And by the way, do you know anything about trademarks? I said, no, I don't. (laughs) So I looked it up and I now own the trademark for motivational firewood. So that's my approach with everything. I'm not here to change your life. I'm here to share a story or a lesson that life has taught me. And if you can apply it to yours and progress towards a goal, great. We both win. Yeah, I love that. Thank you for sharing. And um, that when I read it, that's what I thought of, like throw another log on the fire. That's exactly what I thought about it. And when it comes to goals, I think that it certainly requires that to keep the flame going and growing. And so in what sort of ways do you work with people to keep them going and growing towards their goals? In addition to the live events, which are now virtual uh, with everything going on at the time of this broadcast, I always have to throw that in. Yeah. Um, I've got a weekly group coaching program that I do every Monday night, and it's a blast because during the week, questions from people come back to me and that becomes the content. So it's a self-feeding system. We're we're into our second year at this point every Monday night. And I've also got some one-to-one coaching programs that I do with people who are a bit more invested and don't have the time to be part of the group session. It's one-on-one, it's pretty intense and it's fun. Uh, Other than that, between the e-newsletters, the videos, my radio show, and all these other little avenues, I just keep trickling information out there. And it's designed for the long term. Uh, it's, It's no overnight success, no quick fixes. I know we've had a conversation about that. We don't like the quick fix, get rich quick message. I'm a long haul guy and I would like to do this until my birthday cake will set off a fire alarm. Uh, So another 20 years or so. Yeah. I would, I would like to just keep taking that approach because that's how I learned the best. Yeah. 
I really appreciate you uh, bringing that up from our last conversation because I really try to teach our listeners and and readers or anything, uh, don't buy into the six steps to success and the buy my three module this. And like lessons and, and teaching is important, but if it's not personalized where someone can actualize it for themselves, then it's not necessarily for them anyways. It's what worked for someone else and they're just trying to get that out there. Um, And so what about, you know, this is the law of attraction series. You have the vision board mastery program and, and you teach people about visualization. Tell us what visualization is in the first place. The way I explain it, and I I just claim everything with that. The way I explain it is first question I'll ask anybody. And that's whether I'm working face-to-face with somebody or if I'm in a corporate boardroom with team leaders, what do your goals look like? And if you're a person who is not comfortable visualizing, there's actually a medical condition out there with which people cannot visualize in their minds. So I'll say, okay, what words would describe your goals? How will it feel when you achieve them? Attach as many senses as possible. What do they look like, feel like, sound like, heck, even smell like? Mm -hmm. Your goals, make them more real. Otherwise, you're writing a letter to Santa Claus. And years ago, that's all I did. Mm -hmm. Because that's what the speakers who I bought programs from told me to do dream big. Oh, my gosh. Wow. That's that's wonderful. Here's $1,000. So I can dream big now. But it's really seeing it and, and feeling what it will feel like when you achieve it. And the most important part is the person you become on the journey. That's so much more important than the thing. And that's just part of the journey. It's not a light switch on off. It's not a box you just check. It's it's this long journey. It's like, it's like an old wooden roller coaster. You see the top of the first hill, that's your goal. You just have to get up over the top of that. Well, it's a thousand little click, 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 all the way there. And you can't enjoy the ride until you put all those steps in, prepare yourself, get ready for it, and then scream your brains out in celebration. Mm-hmm. I love it. And you you mentioned letters to Santa Claus. And I wanted to talk about that for a second because mm-hmm. it was just this Monday. So this Monday's 15 minute fill up was the difference between prayer versus belief, right? Like asking for things that you, you don't really believe are going to come to you. And then belief when it's just a matter of time before you attain it, right? Like you can literally see, taste, smell, touch, like you can imagine it in your reality versus like, I hope, I wish, I pray, like, please. What do you say about those two aspects? Well, I think you've got to meet, I call it the universe. Some people call it, you know, God or spirituality, whatever. I call it the universe. Mm -hmm. And whatever it is you want, I believe you've got to meet it half the way. Yes. You know, you're, you've got to put yourself in the right place where it's going to show up. You can't be at the train station waiting for your ship to come in. That's an <laughs> analogy I've heard so many times over the years. It's not one of mine, but I've always loved it. It's like the person that I heard this story many, many years ago. There's a there's a great flood and the person is on their porch waiting for a boat to come and ask God, please come save me. And the water gets higher. Eventually, the person's on the roof and the third or fourth person has come by to save them. And they've gone, no, 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 no. God's going to save me. And then the person, of course, drowns, gets to heaven and says, God, you said you were going to save me. He goes, look, I sent you four people on a boat. I mean, you got to be there. You got to meet the opportunities halfway and set yourself up so that you can just step right onto it or into it Mm. and be a part of it instead of just waiting for it to show up and knock on your door like a pizza to save your life or make your goals happen. 
Yeah, uh, I, I couldn't agree more. And um, I'm, I'm knee deep in writing my third book. And I just, I'm like, it's top of mind because I was writing it this morning is, you know, we pray for those opportunities to be patient, to have patience, but we're not sent patience. We are sent opportunities to test our patience, to hone our patience, to develop our patience. And then we have this point of reference that things don't throw us off or as quickly anymore. And so, um, or same thing with money, we pray for money, but really we're given opportunities to learn how to manage and respect it, right? Mm -hmm. And so it doesn't look exactly like we asked for. And so when we're trying to visualize something and you know we can, it, it's very clear and then it doesn't show up what's that about? Like, what can we do? Or maybe it looks different than what we were hoping for. Yeah. And a lot of times, because so many people, they, they buy these vision board starter kits <laughs> and it's got a picture of a pile of money. It's got a picture of a Ferrari. It's got a picture of a mansion and all this other crap that motivational speakers tell you is what success means. Right. I think what people need to do is not just see like a pile of money, but what is it going to represent? What are the words it's going to mean, is it going to be security? Is it going to be a vacation home? Is it going to be your retirement? Is it going to be a kid's college fund? What is it actually? Because the more you can dial in, not just on the money, but what you want it for, the purpose, the more readily you are going to recognize the opportunities. And if you're not quite sure where to pursue, go see who is out there in your family, extended network, your friends, your community, your state, your country, your YouTube channel, who's already achieving this and if you can, ask these people how they did it. Most people out there who are successful will actually tell you or give you a little bit of time and share some topics. Hey, they write books. You're working on your book right now. Mm -hmm. That's advice for people who are looking to personal development and law of attraction and, and all these other things. There are people out there already enjoying what you have. Study those people. Stop walking around complaining that you don't have it and staring at your shoes. Cause the longer you stare at your shoes, the more opportunities you're going to miss. Yeah, totally. And that goes back to the people who are just sitting there quiet in the dark, praying for everything and not taking mm -hmm. a walk around town. Yeah. To, to run see to what's actually happening out there and have a little bit of it rub off on you, or at least reach down the mountain and pick your hand mm -hmm. and help you up to the next level. If you're willing yeah. to make the climb. I love that. The great perspective. And Something that I heard what you were sharing in there is like, yeah, the visuals, but also the words that would match that, which would then be the experience that matches it, right? Like mm -hmm. success being abundance, joy, like it actually bringing you joy. I remember the first time I shifted my vision board from like the Mercedes on it and the, you know, the lake house and the this and the that to a field of flowers that said blossom on it. You know what I mean? And just a whole different, like a, a mountain where it was just that level of freedom. And, and, and so I get that. And I'm grateful that you're sharing that different perspective, because I think we look at the tangibles to measure that level of success, which also made me think of the fact that we are chasing other people's definition of success mm -hmm. instead of our own. We've adapted it because it's what we've seen as the quote unquote representation of success. But most of us, that's actually not even those things aren't even that important to us. What do you have to say about that? Yeah, that's the danger of the definition of success. I mean, we look to people, and this is not a slam against him, like Tony Robbins and all these other people that are out there talking about creating abundance, taking massive action all at once. And they pose with their Ferraris, mansions, and yachts. Uh, in many cases, just in case people don't know, those things are all rented for the video. <laughs> wink, wink. Yep. 
nod from behind the curtain. And unfortunately, that's what people think success is. I mean, right now, I still drive because the thing is still running great. A 2010 Honda CRV. The next vehicle I own, no matter how successful I ever get, will be another Honda CRV because I'm comfortable in it. I love it. It gets good mileage. It's all I need. You know, I'm not being blinded anymore by what people think success should be. To me, success is more emotional than material. And I'm 52 years old. This is the happiest version of me that's ever lived because I've made that shift about 12, 13 years ago away from the material things making me happy to the experiential. Mm-hmm. You know, wanting to fall in love because at that time I had been divorced about four or five years, wanted to find my true love one year. So part of my board that year was pictures of people who were enjoying the types of relationships I wanted to have. Yeah. And in the process of that, becoming the man I would need to be to attract the woman I wanted to fall in love with so that she would be attracted to me. Yeah. You know, the qualities I felt I would most have to have integrity, honesty, loyalty, all of these things. I had to live it for myself to become that person, to be in the right place. And in January of 07, I just told myself when I made my board that year, this is the year I will find her, whoever she may be. Mm-hmm. And in early June that year, now I had pictures of um, a couple holding hands, walking on a beach, standing at the railing of a ship at sunset, mm-hmm. uh, a gentleman piggybacking his girlfriend through a brook so she wouldn't get all wet and they're both laughing. Because mm-hmm. I'm a hopeless, helpless, romantic uh, guy anyway. Me too. Keep going. <laughs> and I said, in early June, I actually wrote in my journal, I'm ready to fall in love. Ten days later, I got an email from someone named Tina. It just said, subject line, hey, this is Tina. And I thought it was spam. And I almost deleted it, but squirrel, some bright light happened in my life, and I didn't. The next day I opened it, it was from a woman named Tina with whom I'd gone to high school. I hadn't seen her talk to her in 21 years. And I opened the email and she said, ah, I live in Florida now. I saw your name on classmates. Hey, we should stay in touch. And I started to remember, I go, Tina, Tina, I had a crush on Tina in high school. <laughs> and I never asked her out. She says I did. She says I asked her the prom, but I wrecked it by saying just as friends. <laughs> so she said, no, I have no recollection of that. But I started to think of how much I really used to like Tina and how happy I just was around her. So I sent her a text. She sent me um I sent her an email. She sent me back her phone number. I called her. We started calling and texting. She would not even send me a picture of herself. She was in, living in Florida at the time, 1,300 miles away. Four weeks later, she sends me a message. Hey, can I tell you something if you promise not to freak out? And I typed back, sure. Here's how I really felt about you in high school. Here's how I felt when I saw your name on classmates. Here's how I felt when you answered my email. Here's how I felt when I heard your voice. I love you. So we spent four weeks, sight unseen, she wouldn't even send me a picture of herself, falling in love with our eyes closed and hearts wide open, just the feeling. And I knew that it was everything I was asking for. And I was being the right person for her to fall in love with. And I was falling in love with her and we've been together ever since. Mm-hmm. And it's been a series of law of attraction moments that brought her back to New England and everything that was perfectly set up for where we are today, more than 13 years in love. Yay. And Thanks for just, sharing. Thank you. That's, I always tell her, I said, look, if you ever end this relationship, you are going to demolish my speaking career. <laughs> <laughs> That's everyone's favorite story. It's been, yeah. uh, I was invited onto Oprah's radio no- network four times with her various hosts to talk about that as a law of attraction love story. And yeah. I get to relive it every time I tell it, which makes me very, very happy. 
Yeah, of course. Well, and it feels good to feel good. And that's the law of attraction and, and mm-hmm. you continue to create that momentum. And I really do love that because you kept, you said it like three or four times that I really want to highlight it for our listeners is you had to be, you had to be the one who would attract, right? I think too many of us, we are asking for things from sad, from broken, from hurt, thinking things are missing in our life. We're coming from scarcity and we're asking, but not believing. And to prepare your heart, to prepare your mind, to actually receive that level of of abundance, you're not going to be the same person. And one of my favorite ways to say that is nothing comes to an ungrateful heart. So some crab ass is not going to attract the winning lottery ticket or the girl or the job or whatever it is that they're really hoping is going to be their bailout. It's not about being bailed out. It's about an abundant, thriving lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And you said it perfectly. It's the person that's all crabby and this and that saying, great, what else can go wrong in my life? Mm. Wow, is that a dangerous question to ask? Because the universe will go, really? It'll take it as a challenge if you're coming from that thing. It also, when you're kind of down in that place and you're coming from a a lack of, uh, you know, love for yourself even in just this place of hatred and bitterness and anger and all the other bile that bubbles up with that and you wish for stuff and then what happens to a lot of people well i'm not worthy of that you're taking yourself right out of the game yeah you know i i tell people when they're down like that and they come to me either at a live event or they'll reach out to me or hop on a webinar or just send me a message and say steve my life is in a shambles and this 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 i'll always say do you have at least one friend that you really trust? I said, well, yeah. I said, go ask that friend. Why do you even hang out with me? And you might be very surprised to find out that that person really cares about you and sees something in you that you don't see in your own mirror for whatever reason. I mean, people have a lot of scar tissue. I get it. But they refuse to believe their own greatness and power and strength and beauty and and confidence and anything else. But somebody else will tell them, Hey, look, face-to-face, heart-to-heart, here's why I'm your friend. Mm-hmm. You're funny, you're creative, you're loving, you're caring, you're this, you're generous, you're kind. And that person may just be so beaten down that they don't see it. Mm-hmm. So if somebody listening right now is feeling like they're coming from that place, like, you know, hey, Abigail and Steve, it's easy for you to say this because you're, you know, you have this successful life. People say all the time, Steve, it's, you make it look so effortless to be positive. Mm-hmm. Like, I have to try every single day mm-hmm. on purpose mm-hmm. to be positive, to act positively, to react positively in some way to everything that's going on and yeah. to respond in such a way that it guides me. And if it guides me that way, I can share stuff that's going to help other people to lean that way. Mm-hmm. But we're not lucky because we're positive or successful. It's, it's a job. Yep. It really is. I don't mean to make it sound like it's a drag, we have to intentionally focus on being who we are every day. Yeah. You know, I, I want to jump in with you on that because it's not that it's a drag, but it is a commitment, right? Like what you're pointing mm-hmm. to. And I, I want to say that because it does kind of grind my gears anymore if someone tries to tell me I'm lucky about anything, right? It's like, oh, I get a little mama bear and I'm like, you don't see the absolute level of commitment required for that luck, you know, and um, that quote unquote luck. Mm-hmm. but. Why I really want to jump in on that is because we're spending the energy anyways, 
You can spend your energy in the negative momentum direction or in the positive momentum direction. Doesn't make the positive one any less commitment or like you were saying, you still got to work at it. You still got to show up for it. It's just more fun. That's why that smile is easier. That's why it's more authentic. That's why we radiate because we know a day's work is actually in showing up for our mental, emotional health and well-being, which is a whole nother game. Because then to me, what I get to witness and what becomes more fun and playful is that things co-create and do line up and it becomes laughable. And so that laugh is genuine and the smile is authentic because you're like, wow, I stayed committed to a positive attitude and I don't have to lift a finger per se, right? Like for things to work out well or for Tina to email me out of the blue, right? Like you can't force your hand at certain things, but you do have to prepare your heart to receive. And so um, I just think it's so brilliant and I think it's so powerful for people to really know that difference. Yeah, and it doesn't take a lot. You know, people ask me, well, Steve, it's easy for you. Don't you ever have a bad day? (laughs) Yeah, I have plenty of bad days. I'm just not one of those motivational people that says, every day above ground is a great day because that is a steaming pile of crap. Yes. Every day you wake up on the right side of the grass is an opportunity for you to make a decision to react and respond positively to the world that day and to put your own energy out there. And people say, well, what do you do on a bad day? I said, I leave the house Mm -hmm. and I go commit an act of kindness or two or 10. Tell us about that. Because you you have a a theory about the simplicity of kindness, right? Or something along those lines. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. And of course, every time I mention kindness, people say, hey, I don't have any money to give. (laughs) Good. Don't. Yeah. Don't try that. No. Go to the grocery store and park far away from the store. And between your car and the store, I want you to play a little game that I created called Shopping Cart Rodeo. (laughs) I like that one. find at least one carriage that's been abandoned out there somewhere. And don't get mad at the people who left it there. You grab it and you bring it either to the corral or to the store. If you bring it to the store and you don't need it and you see somebody else walking in the store, you say something like, excuse me, I don't need this carriage, but I just rescued it out there playing shopping cart rodeo. It's my only exercise of the day. Do you happen to need a carriage? You're going to love it. Hand grips all warmed up and the wheels hardly wobble. The only time it's been refused is somebody who only needed a little red basket, but he was cracking up, which made me laugh. Now, one particular day when I was doing this, I was having a really bad day. And all of a sudden my bad day was gone. And, and I ran into that guy in the aisle and he kind of looked at me again and he started giggling a little bit. Like, you know, that guy tried to, you know, pawn off a shopping cart on me. Now, what I also love to do is if you see maybe a mom with kids and the kids are already in the car and the mom is taking the bags out of her carriage or a senior or somebody maybe in the uh, handicapped parking stalls from a safe distance, 15, 20 feet plus, say, excuse me, would you like me to return that carriage for you? No one has ever refused it. And especially if it's a cute little old lady, I'll say, please make sure you take your purse out of there before I get there. Because see those cameras up there? We don't need them catching you beating me up in the parking lot. Ma'am, that would be embarrassing. (laughs) I like it. And this little 80-plus-year-old woman, she cackled. Mm. Her her laugh was a cackle. And again, I was having a rough day. Mm -hmm. She was in her car, and I was 20 feet away closer to the store. I could still hear her laughing. (laughs) And the fact that I'm still talking about it now and reliving it, I'm smiling right now. Yeah. 
doing that. That is the simplest, easiest way I've ever found. If you have a quarter in your pocket, go to the store, leave it on top of a gumball machine. Yeah. So some kid who just wants a gumball, mom, can I have a gumball? I don't have any money. There's a quarter right here. You get to be this little gumball angel. (laughs) <laughs> to, to do stuff. And that was actually suggested to me by a clerk at a grocery store. Yeah, that's a I was doing an act of kindness with somebody. He goes, you know what I like to do? I'm like, lay it on me. <laughs> he says, I don't like a lot of change, so I leave gum- quarters on the gumball machines for the kids. I thought oh. that was so cool. He's setting up positive things to happen in the future, and he doesn't have to be there to make it happen. Yeah. And, and that's beautiful. Yeah. I know that pay it forward has gotten more popular over the years have gone on, but I really like that gumball one because it's super mysterious. <laughs> mm, it is. And then something else that I heard you sharing with the the cart one, like, yeah, taking someone's cart is back is nice. And also though, making someone laugh, you know, mm-hmm. bringing a smile to someone's face. I think that uh, I, I have that theory about the cycle of hurt and the cycle of love where you, again, positive or forward momentum, which one would you like to contribute? to and to I mean you sent her home laughing which means she impacted someone else with a better attitude you know and you walked into the store different you can tell when someone walks through the front door not happy and so um, I think those the ripple effect of that as well is is really beautiful yeah and I love just little moments like that because it's connectedness Mm -hmm. now the for me personally I'm going to disclaim it by saying this some of these YouTube stars out there who are out filming themselves feeding the homeless and saying, hey, look at me, I'm feeding the homeless and doing these self-congratulatory videos. Dude, stop humping your own leg because <laughs> if all you're doing is yeah. that. Yeah. I get it if you're using it as a way to say, like, like I've got a few videos because we have a little nonprofit called Beach Bum Philanthropy. <laughs> and we occasionally share videos giving ideas for ways to help, but we don't go out there pimping Right. ourselves to do it. And and I think there's a big disconnect with people who are doing it out there to, to say it's that. what I call bribing God for lottery numbers. Hey God, I'm a good person. Yeah, let me win Powerball, you know, while you're standing in line at the store yeah. when it's $8 billion. Yeah. Like, no, nah, you don't have to be rich. Yeah. You know, the one oh. thing I ever created that went viral was me getting mad a couple of years ago when it was like $800 billion, million dollars. And I said, look, you don't have to win Powerball. I said, you get a loaf of bread for $1.79, a can of tuna fish for 85 cents, granola bars are cheap, a pair of gloves could save a life, and you already own a coat you don't wear. (laughs) Cut the crap with this million dollars and I'll give back. Give now. And I threw that on Facebook and I was mad. That's why I created it. Within eight days, it had been seen by 4.1 million people. Wow. It got shared 53,500 times. Wow. And I'm sitting there, somebody goes, how much money did you make off that? I go, nothing. Yeah. Oh, come on. I'm like, why? I said, 53,000 people had that resonate for them and it changed them in such a way, mm. the mind shift, that they shared it. So 4.1 million people could see it. Brother, that's a win. That's huge. Yes. Uh, the term that just came to me was energetically rich. So tell us about like, how can we allow ourselves to be energetically rich and not need the materials, not need the money, not need the thing to truly manifest our dreams? Think of the words or the situations in your life, the words that would describe your ultimate and make them emotional. Uh, you know, it doesn't have to be wealthy, rich, you know, 
a billionaire or anything like that. Happy is a pretty popular one that not enough people are feeling because I don't think they're focused enough on it. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't need uh, somebody asked. It was one of those Facebook quizzes I saw yesterday. Mm-hmm. You know, you have five dollars to spend, and here's five different jelly beans. One's happiness. One's rich. One's beautiful. One's, you know, eat without gaining weight. Huh. And all yeah. these things, and I said, uh, let's see. Uh, mine are happy and healthy. Yeah. Everything else I'm okay with. Yeah. Or need a million dollars in the bank. But what that did for me is realize that, hey, man, you're on the right track. Because yeah. it made me actually smile thinking, I am happy, mm-hmm. which makes me richer than a lot of people in the world. Uh, I've got a buddy of mine who's a millionaire. He owns a bunch of Subway restaurant franchises. And this guy has hustled his entire adult life. And he told me about one of his business mentors who in his early 70s passed away. Mega, probably a billionaire, mega, mega, mega millionaire. His poor wife could not find six people to help carry his casket. Mm-hmm. His kids all hated him. Mm-hmm. He had more money than anybody in the world. Right. He was the unhappiest, most miserable, critical, negative human being on the planet because all he wanted to do was make money. His own kids hated him, mm-hmm. and his wife couldn't find enough people to carry his casket. It's the dangers yeah. of being blind to what's most important to you. Yeah, which is, I think, a, a good question to start uh, wrapping it up with is what's most important to you? I, I Health and happiness, yes. And I guess I want to ask it in that specific way of what does it look like for Steve Gamlin's heart to be unleashed? My heart to be unleashed is it actually follows a lesson my grandfather taught me, one of my grandfathers. And he never said it out loud. He left at least one situation a day better than he found it. And If he drove past your house and saw a picket was broken on your fence, he'd go home, get his stubby little carpenter pencil. He was a carpenter. He would come back, measure the picket, go home and make one and put it on your fence before you even got home. You would never even know Al Dion had been there. (laughs) I try to follow that every single day. So wherever I am, I look for an opportunity, even the tiniest way to leave a situation a little better than I found it with a laugh, with picking up a piece of glass that somebody could have cut their foot on, Mm -hmm. with picking up a piece of trash, with telling somebody, whoa, whoa, hold on a second, there's a car coming by. Okay, you're all set. Mm -hmm. Making somebody laugh right now over the counter at the deli where people are cranky all day yelling at people Mm -hmm. about the thickness of their cheese. (laughs) Yeah, it's a tough tough world out there. Oh my God, I always say, I said, look, when it's like 0.02 over, they said, (laughs) Some people ask us to take it off. I said, don't you wish you could just take a bite out of it, slap it back on there and go, look, perfect. But see, every time I do that, it makes me feel better. And the more, the happier I am on the inside, the happier I am on the outside, the more I want to do it. And it's just this never ending cycle of just trying to make something around me better. Even on my worst days, I should say, especially on my worst days. Yeah to keep doing that, that keeps me on track, excited, happy, energetic, positive, and always looking for someone I can help or or even to just bring a smile and tell somebody that is the coolest hat I've seen all day. (laughs) Something. And and, because it goes, it ripples everywhere. And I've got, believe me, dozens of stage stories that I share about it. And it's absolutely true. And it's not fluff. I don't ride a unicorn that farts rainbows. Mm-hmm. I'm just a living, breathing, real, authentic human being who's extremely grateful. And I feel like I got let in on the secret of what life is really all about. And now I just share that with other people. Yeah. Well, and speaking of sharing it with other people, how can people follow you and connect with you and witness what you're creating and sharing? 
They can go to motivationalfirewood.com. That's my site. It's got links to everything. I'm all over social media, just sharing stuff every day, radio show, video channel. Everything is there. Vision Board Mastery Program is there. There's even a thing there to just set up a free call with me. I do what I call coaching volleyball. We mm-hmm. kick ideas back and forth over the net as fast as possible for 15, 20 minutes and leave you in a better place. And it's free. <laughs> Beautiful. I love it. Well, we will be sure to add all of that into the show notes so that everyone can connect and follow you and get involved in what you're creating and in what they're creating and what they visualize and, and how you can help them with that. So thank you so much for bringing your awareness, again, your expertise and that big vision that you have for, to me, what really landed as just like you said, leaving everything better than you found it, a better world, a happier world, a more peaceful world, a more connected world. So thank you for being a contribution to that world. My pleasure. Thanks so much. Yeah. And thank you for being a contribution to our world. Uh, Hearts, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I hope you heard exactly what you needed to start manifesting your dreams. Thank you for tuning in to the Law of Attraction series on the Hearts Unleashed podcast, where we are turning dreamers into doers. Thanks for tuning in to the Hearts Unleashed podcast. We hope you found all the inspiration that you needed today and that you use it to take the next inspired action on your dreams. If you loved the show, share it with a friend. We love spreading the love. For more information, to listen to more episodes, or to shop Hearts Unleashed, head over to heartsunleashed.com. See you next time, hearts.